Hello, welcome to another episode of ACT. Um, this one is just another wee discussion episode. We're going to be talking about idolatry. Well, hey, everyone's favourite subject. It is everyone's favourite subject because everybody commits idolatry and they just don't know it. We're going to be talking about your favourite things today, ladies and gentlemen. And how they're evil. We're specifically Emma's favourite thing. She, she told us to do this. That's true. <coughs> Thanks, Emma. Um, so I... I've just, obviously, the first thing that came to mind in the Bible is 1 Corinthians 10. Warning against idolatry. The, like, the big the big one that Paul talks about to, co- to the church in Corinth. So that's going to be good. Um, so that's my main bits and bobs. Yeah? Yeah. Well, well what does it say, Ben? Well, I'm going to read it out, Josh. Uh, okay, so um, it's just verses 1 to 22. So... For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things took place as examples for us that we might not, be de- that we might not desire evil as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents. Nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may not that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to, I speak as to sensible people, Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing that we bless is not a participation in the blood of Christ. That's a question. The cup of blessing that we bless, is it not a participation in the blood of Christ? The bread that we break, is it not a participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one bread. We are many, we are who are, we who are many are on one body, for we all partake of the one bread. Consider the people of Israel. Are not those who eat the sacrifices participants in the altar? What do I imply then? That food offered to idols is anything? Or that an idol is anything? No, I imply that what pagan sacrifice they offer to demons and not to God. I do not want you to be participants with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of, of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Question mark. Say the word down. 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 You say down like an American. No, I don't. Down. Say down like an English person. Say county down. County down. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, uh, Anything jump out at you there? Yeah, the very last thing. Um, You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. 
Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? So, th- what, the first commandment, was the first commandment? I am the Lord your God, you shall not have uh, strange gods before me, you shall not make to thyself any graven thing, nor the likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or in the earth beneath, nor of those things that are in the waters under the earth, you shall not adore them, nor serve them. First commandment, no idolatry. No what is idolatry, Ben? Idolatry is idol... Is idol. Is idol. <laughs> idol. Is idolatry is um, taking something and praising it uh, above what should be praised. Okay. So, more specifically, like, what does that mean? What sh- would it mean what should be praised? How do we know what should be praised? Well, so, be praised? well for example, are there gray as, areas are there. So, for example, as Christians, we we should only be praising God. We should only be thankful to God, and we should offer everything we have of ourselves to God. But an idol is something that takes the place of God. An idol is something that we put in front of God. An idol, and a good good way to think about an idol, and a good way to recognize idols in your life, is to really sort of picture something that you would rather be doing or rather be partaking in other than something that is holy and something that you know God would not want you to be doing. Okay. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, the first commandment mentions uh, like images of God. What it say? You shall not make thyself any graven thing, nor the likeness of anything in heaven above. You know, it's this idea clearly links like pictures. So, uh, for example, I suppose Old Testament times, you're not meant to be having pictures of God on your wall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to comment on that? Explore that idea. Why is that? Why is that? Even even an idol of God. Because we cannot we can't fathom what God is when God like God. I think of Moses whenever Moses went to see God in the burning bush, and and it's, there's quite a few times God says, "I am the God that made the land and the sea." We, and we discussed this in previous episodes where it's like land and sea means everything you know order and chaos i am the god of order and chaos i am the god of land and sea i am the god of the physical and the spiritual i am the god of 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 life and death like that is a huge 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 thing and it basically what it what what that does for me is that paints humanity as a tiny little speck in comparison because we are within the boundaries of what he created, we're not outside those boundaries. If if we were outside those boundaries, then we would kind of a, we would stand a chance at sort of beating God and seeing him physically and actually looking at him. But because we're within his creation, because we are his creation, he has the intrinsically this position of power over. But do you us. not think there there's there's sort of this self referential loop that's alluded to, uh, with you know the whole biblical story from the creation story to the christ and mm-hmm. even within the creation story when it talks about um from the start till adam it's, there seems to be this strange cyclical kind of sort of goes back on itself a wee bit uh and you know it says in the bible you know we are made in the image of god mm-hmm. what how does that play with it so what, what do you mean by if we're made in the image of god how does that 
uh, I'm saying, yeah, we we are we are in creation, but we reflect somewhat whatever the image of God means. We sort of reflect that totality of heaven and earth. Yes, because mankind is the uniting between is the point. Yeah, of it's of, of yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. connection. Okay. So I'm, ju- I'm not saying anything. Yes. Yeah, okay. Right. So, uh, so you're wondering what the significance? I'm just it tickling is your to brain. To <laughs> so you're wondering the significance of what it is that mankind make idols. Basically, if we are this pinpoint moment, if we are this bridge, so to speak, why is idolatry such a big deal? If we are like that. Um, well, I'm not saying anything in particular. I'm oh, just, you're, just, you're just you're just speaking. Well, I'm just. I'm well, I think. Idea. Well, I think if we're looking at modern times, um, and we look a lot like celebrities, for example, like a really big, big favorite celebrity is Keanu Reeves. You know, he's just a really, really nice guy. You know, and, and nobody hates Keanu Reeves, and everyone, everyone loves Keanu Reeves. And and I'm not going to say I hate Keanu Reeves because I love Keanu Reeves too. Um, but it it kind of like gets to a point where it's like. It's this, it's this kind of betterment, you know, it's like, if you have any other person in a room with Keanu Reeves, Keanu Reeves is automatically the better person, if you know what I mean, um, and it's this, it's kind of this, like, we give ourselves the words to describe celebrities like that, and basically it sounds right with us, we spread it around, sounds right with other people, and the next thing you know, you've got, like, loads and loads of people that's made this person the celebrity that they are. Um, and as Christians, we should we be indulging in something like that? As Christians, as people who, as Paul says, we we cannot drink from the cup of the Lord, the cup of demons. Well, I think it's important that we have to distinguish the two cups, the two tables. What is eating at the table of the Lord and what is eating at the table of demons? That's what I want to figure out. Because Paul wouldn't say that. He hasn't, so, okay. he hasn't said that until he started talking about idolatry. So what, what is a demon, Ben? A demon <laughs> is well, a, a, a spiritual force of evil. Okay, and what makes it different to an angel or a good... Because an, an angel is... In my head, an angel is a citizen of heaven, but is also like a warrior for God. Um. And it's sort of the same thing as a demon, only it's for good. Because a demon, essentially, is a fallen angel. Right, okay. So, I would say an angel is... Okay, you can talk about fallen... I'm just saying angels are the good ones and demons, just for the sake of argument. Yeah. Angels are that which point to Christ, or point to God, or point upwards, point to the next thing, right? So, if you listen to an angel, they, you know, you can't go... Yeah, if I wrong, sort of the if you listen to a demon, a demon would be uh, trying to point either to itself or something that's it's it's not pointing anywhere that's leading to God necessarily. Yeah. Um, it can inadvertently inver- do the will of God, no less, but it won't explicitly point to God. It'll be it'll try to get in the way of that. For example, yeah. it'll, it'll it'll get in the way of you praying. Yeah, you know, um, I, like. I wrote a wee thing here. So the theme doesn't seem to be, throughout the Bible, it doesn't seem to just be, do not love the world. It's, do not love the world in place of God, or apart from God, or more than God, or without uh, 
that love ultimately being a love for God. And I think part of that, you know, for example, the, the, the first, the, 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 sorry, the, uh, when Jesus said, what's the greatest commandment? He said, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, yeah. all thy mind. And the second is like it, thou, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you took this completely pure, pure, like legalistic kind of technicality of you only love God, well then, how can we say you should love your neighbor as thyself? Mm. Which is the second of great yeah. commandments. And also, I was thinking, okay, what what is God? We can't perceive God in its entirety, his his entirety. Um, like how how can we love God? How do we love that which we cannot comprehend? And how can we not make a false image of God uh, an idol, uh, even in our highest conceptions of him? Well, for me, I think of loving God as a child loves his dad. Like, if you have a six-year-old kid and his dad's like, like 42 or something, okay, and this six-year-old kid thinks he knows his dad he sees his dad he knows his dad and he loves his dad and and that's it he trusts his dad but like the kid doesn't have to know like everything about the, the kid doesn't hasn't known the dad for 42 years you know the kid is only connected to the dad because of that relationship as father and son or father and daughter and in a way in a very similar way that is how christians look at god it's like we don't need we don't need well we do know him we've got a book about him but like i said there's so much more to god than just the book or just people and just the world there's infinite more things that we will get to find out about him but it's all that he's done for us it's he created us so likewise like a father does to a child and he looks after us likewise like a father does to the child and he loves us like what his little father does to a child and those are the three main things that allow us to have relationship with him and idolatry is essentially it's like the prodigal son you know it's father i don't want to live here anymore you're old you're whack and i want to leave and i want to just be rich and do my own cool thing with some people and Father's like, what? Well, that's a bit mean. Your big brother could have done that ages ago, but he stayed, and he's like, oh, don't talk to me about it. I'm leaving, bye. And so he does give him his inheritance, and eventually the prodigal son gets into a bad place. He barely gets any money. He starts to eat the food that he's trying to look after pigs, and then he's just like, oh, I've messed up. So he comes back home with no nothing to show for it he comes back home in rags and he says i no longer deserve to be your son i um i want to be your servant but the father welcomes him with open arms puts a ring in his finger kills the fattened calf does everything in in his power to show that this son the father loves him now when do we in our lives and i i'm going to reference this as thinking like an angel or thinking like a demon so thinking like an angel like you said is pointing towards god and thinking like a demon is as you said pointing away from or towards oneself so i want to we want in this episode i think to be able to distinguish how you're thinking like a demon and how you're thinking like an angel because when i was reading about this uh, that was what i was thinking about because 
oh man, there are many, many times you know you're thinking like a demon. <laughs> many, many times. And it's quite strong to say that because it's like, ooh, demons and angels, these are quite spiritual words. But like, it's a spiritual place, the world. So I think we need, do need to really, and it's powerful to speak like that as well. But I digress. When we talk about the prodigal son, he comes back, kills the fattened calf, puts a ring in his finger, and the father shows how welcome he is. Okay, and Jesus told that parable to show the love of God, to show just how of a father-like figure he is. But an interesting thing about that story is about the older brother who gets jealous, who says, Father, I have never left your side, and never once did you reward me for that. You know, and it says, your, your brother has come home. He was lost and now he's found. That's cause to celebration, and you know he loves his older brother, the older as well, and it's this kind of, it's this kind of love that is, not rewarded, but it's a kind of love that is always there that, becomes enhanced whenever it's strained. It's like going to uni in the states, and like you're far from away from your family for ages, and. It's only when you get back for Christmas that you truly understand what a hug is. Hugging your dad is like, and you, you truly understand why you hug your dad. Because I've been away from him for so long. Likewise with Christians, when we are far away from God, whenever we fall into a kind of tra- temptation and, and idolatry, like, t- like he says, God's always going to be there to open up and accept us back in. However, the difference, though, between us doing that and say the hebrews doing that who were slaughtered during the in the wilderness was because the hebrews decided in their hearts that if they just tag along they'll be safe it's like well, all these people are godly i'll be safe here but no they were killed by serpents they were killed in wars they were killed they were they were starved and you know they've got all these horrible things and paul says this is an example of the attitude that you must have if you think that you can just go easy in god's love if you think you can just take god's love for granted then, you know, that's not eating at God's table. That's stealing from God's table. Um, stealing is thinking like a demon. So how can you eat and drink out of the Lord's table and out of the Lord's cup if you're thinking like a demon? So that that's, that's in, 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 in its most basic form, idolatry determines the, your, your psychological thinking of Christ-like thinking or self-like thinking. Um, and we all can think of examples when we think like a demon, you know. Uh, for example, you know, I love playing my Xbox. Um, I don't really have time to do it that much now, but there are some days where I'm just like, oh, I would just love to just, like, just chillax, be on my Xbox, and just not care about anything for the next eight hours, you know. And you're just like, oh, Ben, is that really healthy? Is that really something you want to do? Um... And, you know, I do catch myself and then I'm like, oh, Lord, can you please give me sort of the strength and the wisdom to see you in what I need to do next? And, you know, and he, had, and he does answer. And then you do recognize that, hang on a minute, I'm thinking like a demon. Lord, let me think like an angel. Let me point towards you. Let me, and, every, and all that I do, let me point towards you. Um, but just going back there, idolism is the strong determination to, to whether somebody thinks like an angel or somebody thinks like a demon. <laughs> Idealism. Idolism. Idolatry, sorry. <laughs> Idolatry. Um, because if you have a Christian and then if you ask him, well, what are your idols? You know, and he says, oh, yeah, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord. 
and then you go to his house and he's got like things everywhere that like he talks and talks and talks and the, only, and the only time like like models or TV televisions PC uh, cars blah 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 and then and then the only time you ever talk about God is when you pray for it's when you say grace alright that to me is like if Sunday lunches for example whenever you go to other people's houses after like church and all like that's for fellowship and that's for faith that's not for like you can talk about that any other week but especially on the sabbath it is a god day it is a holy day and we ought to be holy yeah when you said uh oh yeah i brought i brought the you said like figures or something then like our our ideas of superheroes are kind of like our modern day yeah gods you know exactly we'd go out we'll tell stories about them you know we have a ritualized ceremony where we all gather one place and face one direction and listen to what the screen tells us. Yeah. We go home. We put pictures of them on our wall. We, uh, we, 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 about we dream all. about being them. You know, we, dream we about have flying. little statues, figurine thingies. Yeah. We, we <laughs> exactly. We collect sort of merchandise from them. We we talk about them because they're easy to talk. It's so easy to talk about flipping superheroes as well. You know, and it's easy to nerd out about those kinds of things. But it's hard. Well, this thing is, it's not, it's not a livable story. Yeah, it's sort of a, it's a regression almost. It's they're a, fine if they're in their place. It's a dis- obviously, yeah. um, you know, superheroes are great, but you know, if if you are sort of living like that's sort of your main thing, maybe. Yeah, you need maybe. to look that. <laughs> yeah. What um, What about um? Okay, relating to Jesus Christ. Okay. So Jesus Christ is the manifestation, the incarnation, mm. right? The the God in flesh, yeah. right? Incarnate. You know, he, he was this completely incomprehensible thing, but then he put himself in flesh mm. and he sort of put himself in a box and... How do you, how do you think this relates to, uh, okay, so now we, we sort of can have iconography, we can have images of God, because God made himself an image, mm-hmm. right? You know, if we do not, if we don't recognize that he made himself an image and we don't show that image, like, look, he came here. Yeah. You know, Jesus Christ came from heaven, he died and resurrected, this happens. Yeah. If you, if you don't. I feel like if you if you uh, contradict that, if you go against that, you are inadvertently denying the yeah. inc- incarnation. Exactly, that there is an image. I love the similarities between the Garden of Eden and the Garden of Gethsemane. The understanding that when man, God walked with man in the garden and loved them, and they would chat and they would talk and they would pray and. I just love the imagery of Adam and Eve just like just showing God what they named the animals you know because God didn't name the animals you know he said All right, birds and fish and blah but he was like look you guys name them and I love this sort of childlike quality that man has to God we could we could be we could understand everything about the universe but we'll always be children to God 
and you know we 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 sort of show him things like it's like it's like you build like a Lego spaceship and you go and show your parents and you're like look at a bit and then they're like oh wow well done I mean that's kind of the relationship I expect they would have, um in in uh, Garden of Eden and then obviously the fall and then it became regulation and then from from relationship became regulation and from regulation became reformation through the last sacrifice that's what Jesus Christ was he was the Lamb of God. And he, you know, it took God. It was to more come fulfillment. Fulfillment, of course. And I was just trying to keep the alliteration there. <laughs> but um, of course, though, God this came back. start, Ben. <laughs> he came back again, and he walked among man, and he then was teaching. He came back as a teacher. He came back as a lot, uh, somebody who loved, you know, who. Uh, but he says time and time again that he doesn't come to bring peace. He comes with a sword. He comes to put brother against brother sister against mother those are t- and he says you know and he, he talks about these these hard truths and it's kind of like to me it's kind of scary because like idolatry is such an easy thing to do it's so it's such an easy thing to make us feel good you know especially if you're a non-christian like what's going to give you more fulfillment playing xbox with your lads or watching some adult film or like just like doing whatever it takes to make you feel good rather than even acknowledging the fact that there's a god that is wanting to have a relationship with you but because that god is so all-powerful and so almost scary to somebody who doesn't know him scary to the untrained i'll say like surely i idolatry is so much better and that's enhances where the temptation lies you know like what are you going to talk about with your friends a god that has the power to send them to hell or heaven or the new spider-man movie where it's just easy to talk about you can talk about your favorite things and then you develop a relationship with the person you're talking to and then there's a friendship that's formed so there's an idea called acedia or maybe i'm saying that wrong something similar acidia have you heard okay. of it oh, okay it, it kind of just it sums up all sin sort of it's kind of like a a distraction okay um so that's pretty much what all sin can be boiled out boiled down to a distraction mm. a distraction from what a distraction from you know the straight and narrow i suppose and you know think about think about the the situation we find ourselves in the modern world we've got screens everywhere mm. we have an abundance of entertainment an abundance of time that we just didn't really have before you yeah. previously we were constantly just starving dying fighting wars you know we can Are sort you? of live our cushy lives with yeah. you know living like kings that would wouldn't have even kings couldn't living lives kings couldn't even fathom a few hundred years ago we have this abundance at our fingertips abundance of wealth food even the even relationships with the phones and everything you get abundance of people to talk to even like the the poorest rungs in 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 the first in first world countries you know the lowest (laughs) income people even people on the door they don't have any income right Mm -hmm. They can still get a flat screen TV, right? <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Do you know what I mean? They can still feed their family. Mm-hmm. Hey, yeah, they're going to have struggles, but my goodness, compared to the rest of human history, that's quite impressive. Yeah. That's quite a feat. 
Mm. Um, and we need to realize that. But it also comes with its downsides. It comes from, you know, if we, you know, before the internet, I suppose. I mean, what what would have made you stay up all night just mindlessly being brain dead and numb, like flicking through videos? What what could have possibly done that? Yeah. Not many things. You probably would have, you know, read a book, you know, yeah. prayed and went to bed. But no, you've got but now we've got this. We've 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 mastered the art of distraction. Yeah, the art of uh, numbing oneself, I suppose. Yeah, that's, that's and a it's an all way to put it. It's in all these things. It's a distraction. It's a numbing, and that's that's the point where you can realize, right? Is this as you said? Yeah, am I, I thinking like a demon or thinking like an angel? Yeah. Um, I would wear it a bit differently, but sure uh we can we can talk about it uh like that that's when you can realize when is this good thing becoming spoiled yeah is it numbing me am i doing it because i want to do it i want i actually want to do it i would set out my time i if if i planned a schedule i would put this in my schedule are you doing it because of that because that'd be a good start or are you doing it because you just happen to be there you know or because it's easier. It's just the easier thing to do. It just takes less effort. Yeah. It's like it's distracting you enough to not yeah. do something difficult. That at that point, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I fall prey to. I mean, it's 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 sin. Yeah. <laughs> it's the sin of of our age yeah. more specifically. But that's that's a good thing to put it in perspective, you know, and. You know, how is it taken? Oh, how is it? Uh, is that really that bad? You know, watching people. Is it stopping you from praying? Is it stopping you from, like, living in the world if you're numb all the time? Yeah. Well, I think that's good. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to be talking about idolatry and saying it's this big bad thing. I want to know. I want to move on to how then we can, as Christians, how you can help to prevent idolatry. And it's just First Corinthians ten thirteen. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, He will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So God, being our Father, knows what we're going through. God, being our Father, can see how it's affecting us, and God, being our Father, can provide a way out of it. And that way out of it is through faith through the bible through a through, through a living christian faith not just saying you're a christian it's like i i find a lot of people are like say they're christians but struggle with so many different things and i'm included in that and we are wondering oh well, i'm a christian but god's not giving me a way out well are you an active conversation with him about it is god your counselor about it are you an active prayer are you an active discussion with other christians about it are you getting things in the open are you confessing to things that you just know you need to confess to? These are the th- these are the qualities and these are the traits that are questioned. It's called being humble. It's called being having humility. And if you have any ounce of pride in yourself to not let anybody figure out what sins that you're doing or whatnot, then I'm sorry, you're in a you're in a quiet relationship with God. Yes, you're in a relationship because if you're a Christian, then obviously Christ has died for you. But it's about living as a Christian, and you can't live as a Christian if you're thinking like a demon. Do you want to talk about? Um, I, I, in my short amount of time of preparation for this, 
Uh, I watched a a bit a podcast episode of John Piper, I think. Yes. Fast Pastor John kind of thing. Uh, I think he was taught something about idolatry. He was saying what it was. He gave examples. But, you know, typical, he's a Calvinist. So, from his list, decent list. And then he, from, from his list, uh, he also picked out, for example, saints. You know, obvious, obvious sort of uh, attack on uh, Catholicism or orthodoxy and the idea of relics. And we should we could talk about that, um, because I think this is this is similar, similar to the whole image of God debate in the sense of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, like we still don't. It's still not good to have the image of God, the Father, I suppose. But we we show the image that was given to us. If that yeah, makes sense. Absolutely. Uh, but and and it's it's, it's like Jesus has, an, has answered that equation. It's like he's fulfilled all these things. He's like the perfect answer. Mm. But then there's this sort of, there's another aspect where it's like, oh, but saints and this other stuff, he hasn't answered that. No, that's that's what the Protestant answer would say. I say Protestantism as if there's yeah. one group of Protestants out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I myself come from a Protestant tradition, like, but. I don't think uh, I don't think prayer to saints is idolatry, and we we chat about this. Um, we did, and it's an interesting. It is an interesting thing um, to chat about. Because I think I changed your opinion. Well, I, I which you, I think surprised you. You changed the sense in my high head. I changed your understanding that of it. allowed because Catholicism, especially in Northern Ireland, and especially in Protestant protestant background of churches it's very much a, a single sentence discussion it's not no to catholicism it's just a big fat no but there's not really any discussion about it and and yeah we had a very good conversation about that and i never i never called prayer to saints idolatry i didn't know what to call it i wouldn't do it that's what i was saying because the bible calls all if you're a christian you're a saint it says that in the bible and Catholicism has some pretty wild saints. Like they've got a saint for like, like, uh, like house, real estate or something like that. I don't even know. But there's one where like you pray to if you want to get a house, and then apparently it happens. But like, so I, I very <laughs> limited. I think that's a bastardization. A very of limited, a very but, okay. limited, very limited <laughs> understanding of Catholicism. But I was taught in uh, my old church camps in summer and. You know they kind of talk about it, and then we all laugh like jokingly, like "Oh, look at the look at Catholics." But I I understand that that's a wrong way to look at it because, like, I wouldn't call myself Protestant or Catholic. I call myself Christian, and I've always done that because of the only understanding that I need to have. Do you is, want me to? Sorry. The only understanding that I need to have is in Jesus and in the Bible, and not in who believes in what. It's if you love jesus if you love the lord your god with all your heart soul and mind and your neighbor as yourself if you truly have a relationship with jesus it doesn't matter if you're a protestant or a catholic then you're a brother or a sister do you want me to sort of run through the line of thought i took you through yeah yeah, yeah, sure that sort of made you second guess yourself okay so the whole idea is say you pray to a saint the the idea is you're praying to that saint because you think 
rather than praying to God, it's like, okay, you know, God's this big scary person. I'll pray to this. He's my mate. You know, he can help me out. I don't need to go through God kind of thing. That's maybe that's a bit of a straw man. That is the general theme that's gone about it. It's you're praying in place of, or it's a distraction, or it's a, you know, you're just not putting focus on God. That's that's the main, that's the crux of the argument. However, the whole idea of this, like praying to saints, it's the complete opposite to that. It's it's actually a fulfillment of what sort of God is trying to do. So if I ask you, right, someone who's not God, sorry Ben, right, if I ask you, Ben, can you pray for me? for this thing that's happening in my life right right that would be good to do but why would it be good to do that why would i not just well, i'm praying to god why would i not you. just stick just me me and god no one else just us it's our wee thing why why would it why would you not share it why would why would it be good to bring you into my story well <laughs> well the bible says um well, firstly, whenever we talk about prayer, in my head, prayer is only for God because that's how Jesus puts it. You know, he says, when you pray, pray to God. And he also says, pray in secret. But there is a sense of multitude. Like, if there's a multitude of prayer all praying the same thing, then miracles happen. And we can see that time and time again in the Bible, and we can see that time again and again in other churches as well. But is that a causal relationship, almost like a Cartesian kind of thing? The more of this, the more of this, or is there something more profound? Um, I think I, I agree that there is something more profound, and that that thing that is profound is it's children talking to their father, and if they're talking to their father about a thing. Like like one thing altogether, and then it, that becomes a family discussion. That becomes a family praying, and um, you know if you pray with your family, that is a very powerful thing. And if like for example, um, in my in my family, we'd always pray youngest to oldest, and uh, at the end of family worship, um, we're all moved out and stuff now. Like, but but I, w- I really want I really try and keep that sort of habit, and hopefully, God willing, when I have kids, I will have that and put that in there so there's a sense of yes pray in secret but it also says where there are two or more of you gathered in prayer i am there also so there is that that god says i am there with you and there are two or more of you in together in a room praying and i believe that because i feel that i do feel the holy spirit and protestants don't like me saying that but i do feel the holy spirit I can recognize his touch and I can recognize whenever he is listening to me or is present. And not many people I know has ever said that. The only people I know that ever says that are Pentecostals and um, people, especially elder, elderly people who who don't really have anything else but their faith. And I'm very honored to be able to think like that and to be able to feel like that. And I owe it a lot to my job that God has placed me in. But going back, sorry, to what you're saying about having this multitude, like I said, prayer is a deeply profound thing because it is the conversation, it is the words that we're talking to God. Jesus says, God already knows what you're going to say before you open your mouth. 
but it's the fact that we still do it is the important thing it's the fact that yes okay we don't need to pray to god because he could just he could perfectly well do what he's doing without prayer but it's to show that relationship because a relationship needs to have communication to thrive and if yeah. we're constantly in communication with our father then our relationship will thrive and the more miracles that we'll see in our life like i i do believe prayer is more important to us than it is important to god yeah and say say you have 10 people praying for something mm. and compared to one person praying and say that say the same prayer and it ha- something happens right mm. and what situation is god most glorified in the thing where everyone was part of that story everyone was all these prayer all these prayers were answered 10 prayers were answered or was one prayer was answered it's the whole idea it's like the jesus christ story is bringing bringing in everyone from all nations mm. it's not just a jewish yeah, thing oh, it's a world thing and we're all in this meta story yeah but it's the reconciliation of everything it's the fulfillment of everything mm. and we are part of that everything but i think it's dangerous to say what glorifies god the most god answers that question when he says do all things to glorify god and when all things glorify God, it doesn't matter whether one person or a million people were praying. If it was all to God's glory, then it's to God's glory, you know. And that I think it's that humbleness, it's that sort of humility you need to have to recognize that even if I prayed a three sentence prayer like "Lord help me," which I pray a lot, I like that I want to bring glory to God before, during, and after that prayer. The same way, if a million people were praying, "Lord help." Ben, if a million people were praying to God to help me, I would feel encouraged, like encouraged to beyond like imaginable, and only then would I be able to see that actually God is powerful because He has moved not even a million people, but He moved say a hundred people to pray for me. I can then recognize His relationship not only with myself but with those people, and then with those people's relationship with me. So, like you said, it brings that kind of fulfillment. And in a small way, it brings a little bit of heaven. It brings a little bit of Christ into the picture, you know. And if you're under stress about something and there's a couple people praying, Jesus Christ himself says, God is with you when two or three more of you are gathered. And obviously, it's a great encouragement to actually believe and to know that Jesus Christ is present in your prayers. And especially if you're facing trials if you know that jesus is there then all of a sudden your trials seem so small because the god that created the stars the universe the laws of everything is actually there with you and is and would would not rather be anywhere else but with you um and if we have to wrap this back i would like to i know i know finish my explanation i would i know but just what i said there that is the best argument against idolatry because no idol would ever want to be in the same room as you whenever you're praying for that idol whenever you want that idol only jesus only the creator of stars in the universe would give you the time of day when no other thing would and that is why you think you need to think like an angel because you will be rewarded for it but yeah go on with your uh, explanation there yeah so you know we can think for obvious reasons it's good to ask for prayer from our friends or family whatnot and it's actually it's good in itself it brings people into the story it says you know we are part of this one story that christ has brought us 
in, if that makes sense. Mm. You know, it's not just it's not necessarily just where it's me and him and that's it. Me and me and Christ. It's no, it's me, Christ, and everyone, right? Or else Christ didn't isn't a good enough answer if that wasn't the case. Yeah. I suppose. And um, but this brings us to so, so why why saints why why prayer to saints. Uh, I'm not. Sure, I think it was. Uh, might have been Thomas Aquinas uh, made a few distinctions. It's not. Uh, there are different f- kinds of prayer. Some kinds of prayer, yeah, they are only reserved to God. I can't I can remember the technical names. Maybe it's like prayer of adoration. That could, yeah. maybe I'm yeah, not sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but the the if if you think about a prayer that has been made for a saint or, or whatnot. It's it's never just it's, it's never just praising that scene and that's the crack and that's it. Yeah. It's it's usually asking for prayer, asking for help in the sight of the glory of God, of yeah. Jesus Christ. The focus is always on Jesus Christ. Yeah. I and mean, what is an what is an idol? It's the thing that distracts you from Jesus Christ, that turns you away, yeah. that numbs you to that. It, w- what do we say of something that actively points you towards Christ? You do it in light of Christ. You do it as a, and it's not. It's not like. Uh, it's not. It's not like you go. Okay, this is seen, and that's a dead end. It's like yeah. you pray to Jesus for me, and that yeah. that allows a fulfilling of a hierarchy. Yeah, it it's says, a saturated mountain. It's exactly, not just peaking the, the yeah, bottom. It's everything in between. That's what made me shift my understanding of it because I thought it was just oh, if you pray to saints, then it's literally as it is, but it's not. It's asking saints to pray for a particular situation. Jesus says himself that God and Him pray for us. Jesus prays for us. So what does that tell you? Prayer is not just an earthly thing that you can do to reach the heavenly. Prayer is also a heavenly thing that people in heaven can do to reach the earthly. You know what I mean? Like, um, I, I 100% believe that my granddads and granny and little sister would be who are in heaven right now. I 100% believe that they are praying for situations on earth, um, especially in the family. And, you know, I don't, and I don't, I don't at all believe that there is a kind of sense of disconnection. There's a disconnection of sin when you're in heaven. That's it. That's what you're, you become washed clean and you become holy. That's what it is. That's what it is to be washed clean with the blood of Jesus Christ. So when you're in heaven, you are no longer sinful. Okay. That doesn't mean you're like disconnected, you know, and, and uh, you can't be disconnected because there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, you know. So the heaven that they're in right now, like the, there's going to be a new one and it's going to be connected together. It's going to be a one place and it's going to be God's dwelling place with man. It's going to be that fulfillment. That ultimately is what, it's like a little kind of piece. That's what it's, prayer is a little piece of that. Prayer is a little piece of that unification. is a little piece of that connection. Um. And to stop praying is to, have a relationship without communication you know it's to have a relationship with your father without even speaking to him and it's having to witness your father in pain because he's wondering why you won't talk to him when he's always been there for you when he's always provided for you when he's given you a family when he's given you your food when he's given you his own son to die for you 
and if you still can't look him in the eye and if you still can't talk to him then maybe you do need to check what is idols in your life maybe you do need to check because Keanu Reeves didn't die for you you know and you know like you're you're different things that are like we talked about superheroes they're easy to talk about things are easy things are easy they're lazy you know things numb us we want to do the easiest thing possible we don't want to put any effort into anything but why would we not put effort into the somebody who literally laid down their life and it wasn't just laying down their life it was somebody who was perfect somebody who was innocent somebody who was was the worst death in the world somebody who was young as well somebody and jordan peterson talked about this i watched the video of his last night in prep for this but like there's so many factors to the death of jesus christ that makes it the most tragic story in the world and there's nothing more tragic about it you can't come up with a more tragedy you can't come up with a bigger tragedy than the tragedy of the death of jesus christ but the fact that he did it for us means something you know it means something infinitely more than anything else in the earth could ever mean and prayer is a tiny piece of that and if we continuously pray then that piece grows until the next thing you know you're actually in heaven and you're actually talking to god face to face you're actually talking to jesus face to face that's the power of prayer i'll make another uh couple of points before we wrap up um in relation to specifically saints uh, even when you're talking about the stories of the saints, the lives of the saints, it's always, it's always like, oh, isn't it amazing what Jesus Christ, what what God did through them? Like they're always pointing, they're always pointing to God, yeah. always. But and if you compare that to the non-Jesus Christ incorporated version, right? You, you, these plethora of pagan gods. Okay, yeah. you pray to one of them. It's not like. It's not like they're in service necessarily to some ultimate god. Yeah, there were there were gods that were sort of the king of the gods, but it's not like it's not like everyone loved that guy and pointed to him. Yeah. Like, like read the read like uh, Roman god mythology, Greek uh, god yeah. mythology, Norse god mythology. They're not nice stories. They're not. They're usually very selfish stories and they very don't, strange stories as well they usually don't they don't usually don't point to anywhere but themselves really um but as i say jesus christ answered this mm. and we should recognize that answer exactly and we need to recognize that he is above anything like i said anything that you could ever even if you want to be if you think praying or having a relationship with god is an inconvenience then like i i don't understand that way of thinking because like i said all of these evidence all everything is there to show that he was he's the one that sacrificed everything if you think you would sacrifice too much even having a relationship with god that is thinking like a demon and i say it like a demon because like how could you ever say that to someone who did so much for you and yet you still don't have the time of day for it. And that, that is, and I, and, I, and I mean that to be quite hard hearing because it needs to be said. It needs to be said. And uh, so if somebody said it to me and it really got me scared and it really got me thinking. But it was that fear that led me to believe in Jesus. It was that fear that led me to be found again by him. And if me saying that and Josh saying the stuff that he says has any kind of inclination or any kind of makes the listener or the viewer think 
hang on a minute, maybe I should think about faith, maybe I should think seriously about it, then do reach out to us and do reach out to somebody who you know is a Christian because, like, obviously we want to be able to go to heaven and it would be really great if we, like, bumped into someone who was there because of our podcast. <laughs> but ultimately, it's about Jesus and how he brought everyone there together and that is the main thing. But I think that about wraps us up there on idolatry. Um, any last comments? No. Okay. Think like an angel and not like a demon. Thank you very much for listening and have a lovely day. Thank you.